My daughter just got her horse today. With a horse comes a lot of flies. So we're going to try and pretend that they aren't there. But if you see them flying around, know that we're just tr pretending because they're driving us nuts. However, we cannot sit here and try to kill all of them before recording. We will never accomplish anything. So you're just probably going to see some flies buzzing backwards and forwards. Sorry about that, but that's what comes when you are living in the country. So <laughs> we're going to talk about emotional balance today. Uh, no, I'm not answering any questions because nobody asked me any this week. Oh, I told you guys, ask your questions anyway. It is not that hard. So there are a couple of things that we need to look at with emotional balance. It is a little bit more complicated than physical balance, so it's probably going to take a couple of podcasts to get through how to be emotionally balanced. But you guys are smart. You can hang on and, and keep information in your head, and so the next week you can remember, and if you can't, then re-listen and then catch back up, okay? So when we're looking at emotional balance, there are a couple of areas that we need to look at. We need to look at positive and negative emotions, and then we need to look at emotional processing. I was reading through my book earlier today to gauge how I wanted to introduce emotional balance and how I wanted to talk about it. And you know, in my book, it's very well written. <laughs> I'm not trying to toot my own horn there, but I... I spelled it out really well. Um, but I, I'm not going to just sit and read my book to you. If all this was was me sitting and reading my book, I don't think that would be very interesting for you. So society used to not be afraid of negative emotions. Now, my great-grandma, she lived during the Depression. Uh, she was a farmer, farmer's wife during the Depression. She had seven kids, uh, well, she had seven boys. Three of them died. Two of them died during the Depression. Uh, and my grandma, when, they, when her boys would die, it would be sad and she would grieve and people would grieve with her. And then they would move on and continue living their life. So what's the difference? Why can't we handle negative emotions nowadays? Well, because society has told us that they're bad. That if you don't have a positive attitude, you aren't going to make it. If you can't look on the bright side of life, there's something wrong with you. And so you have people who are frustrated and disappointed and hurt and scared and embarrassed and sad who don't dare say they are because they'll be made fun of. You get people who, when they come out in the LGBT community, everyone says, oh, you're so brave. You're so brave. Um, do you ever hear anybody, when they come out and say, I have depression, say, oh, you're so brave, you're so brave. No, me neither. In fact, when my husband was diagnosed with depression, he didn't want anybody to know 
because the stigma is so bad that people think you caused it. Well, you caused depression just as much as you caused your asthma. You did not cause your depression. It's a chemical imbalance going on in your brain. How do you have that much control over your brain chemicals? And if you figured that out, please let me know because I would love to have a little bit more control over my brain chemicals. Sometimes they go wonky and there's nothing I can do about it. So having depression shouldn't make you a bad person, but it does because you're just not positive enough or you're just not working hard enough. Uh, I've talked about this with my depression podcast, but I hear way too much. Just get up and do and that will solve all of your problems. <laughs> it will? Then why is our suicide rate so high? because people are getting up and doing and then killing themselves. So apparently that's not the way to do it. Now, you wanna, you wanna hear a little bit about my Mandy magic and what makes me so amazing at what I do? Well, when people come to me and they say, I'm angry, I say, okay, that must be hard. Why don't you tell me why you're angry? What? I don't tell them to knock it off and tell me something good about themselves? Oh my word, I don't believe in positive affirmations one bit. They don't work. You've heard me say that before, but I'm going to say it again because it's true. They don't work. Now, is it good to think that you're strong enough to do something? Yes, it is. But here's the other thing that society throws on us. If it's not bad enough that you're not supposed to have any of your negative emotions, they also give you the wrong definition of what being strong means. So you're over here with the misconception that in order to be strong, you can't show any weakness, meaning you can't express your negative emotions. This is what we call a paradox. A paradox is not a fun situation to be in, especially when you're trying to achieve balance. You can't achieve balance in a paradox. Trust me, it doesn't work. So you have to look at the real definition of strength and what negative emotions are really there for. So we're gonna go back to that physics law that I told you about a few podcasts ago where it says that for every action, there is an equal or opposite reaction. For every action, Every single one, not just the ones that are convenient for us or the ones that make us comfortable. It's every single action. Now, what that tells me is that if you don't have negative emotions, you're going against the universe. Now, that's a rough place to be because the universe seems to be right. Now, I had a guy who was sitting in my office and he said, Mandy, I love science. I believe in science. And so science tells us that we're supposed to have positive affirmations. <laughs> what science are you studying? Because no science I know says that. And he says, yes, it does. No, it doesn't. If you have an element and you take away all of the neutrons from that element and all you leave in place are the protons, guess what? That element is highly unstable. It will burst on you. It will in a really, really bad way. So it is necessary to have both 
the positive and the negative going on in that element to have a stable element. That's what the universe tells us. So don't go telling me that the universe is on your side with those positive affirmations. Now, all right, I'm off my soapbox, lecture over. But do you see how society is damaging our emotional balance with all of the wrong definitions to terms that they don't understand? How do you have emotional strength? The way that you have emotional strength is in personal responsibility, being willing to have negative emotions, and owning up to what you need to do and fix. It isn't about pretending that something isn't there. That's not how we create emotional balance or strength for that matter. All right. So when I was diagnosed with cancer, I had a lot of people come up to me and tell me that a positive attitude is what gets you through. All right, I've heard that before. And I know that there is power in that. That is true. Um, but I'm not a, an optimist. I'm also not a pessimist. I'm a realist. So if the reality is not positive, then I don't have a problem facing it because I know that it's necessary to not just be positive. So I would go and tell people that I was dealing with cancer. I'm not one of those people that needs to rally everybody around them and, oh, be my cancer warriors and stuff. But I did tell the important people in my life that I was battling cancer and, and ask them for their support. Now, it was really interesting because I had more people tell me that I was dealing with it wrong because I wasn't letting it get me down. Now, again, like I said, here's your paradox. How in the world are you supposed to be emotionally balanced when you're being told you have to be Miss Pollyanna Sunshine, but if you don't say anything negative, you're wrong. That doesn't work, does it? Now, I knew what was going on with me. I wasn't in denial, nor was I stupid or oblivious. Um, but it wasn't something that I needed to cry about. I'd had actually worse happen to me. So I knew that I was just going to do what was necessary and push forward and get through it. And the people who knew me uh, appreciated that attitude in me because that is a healthy attitude. That isn't one extreme or the other. I'm not over here woeing is meing, but I'm also not over here having unicorns and rainbows throw me a party, right? I'm in the middle going, yeah, this is rough. I'm gonna laugh when I'm gonna laugh and I'm gonna cry when I'm gonna cry and I'm gonna move forward as needed. Here's the interesting thing. I had this test this wasn't for my cancer. This was for another thing. And uh, it was one of the considered to be one of the worst medical tests given to people. And I'm on the table and I'm laughing. And the tech that's giving me the test, he's over here. He's like, are you laughing? I said, well, yeah. He said, why are you laughing? I said, because I'm over here picturing you dump 
dumping me off the table because he was moving the table around trying to get all the pictures that he needed. I said, I could just see you just do it too much. And I'm on the floor in my gown with him. <laughs> He's like, I've never had anybody laugh while getting a test, this test done. And I'm like, well, hi, nice to meet you. So it's, yes, I do. I laugh when I need to and I cry when I need to. I will tell you a very funny story about my cancer. When I was going in for my first uh, surgery, they had to put uh, radium in me to tell where the cancer was. And so the guy, the doctor that puts that into you, he comes in and he tells me, he says, okay, from my experience, this won't hurt. And I, I looked at him and I said, from your experience of having boobs? And his assistant started laughing so hard, he fell off his chair onto the floor. But the doctor was not amused. He was so mad at me that I dared to say that to him. And I just looked at him and I said, look, here's the deal. No boobs, no opinion. You don't get to tell me from your experience of not having boobs how this is going to affect me. So just just do what you're going to do and we'll both move on. He was, he, he was not a fan of mine, but I thought it was pretty funny. So did his assistant. Okay, so when you sit there and you only focus on the positive, right? That is the extreme in the one way. And I've told you how science and the universe doesn't like that. All right, but what bad does it do to ignore the negative? Okay, when my husband was first dealing with his depression, I had two young children. And I was the only one that was dealing with everything. I did not get a break. And it was very, very hard. So I kind of put myself last. And I started not feeling good. Um, but if you know me, you know that I'm the one in the million. <laughs> if it's going to happen... I'm going to get it. Uh, so I wasn't presenting normally for anything that they were testing me for. Well, it came to, uh, I was laying in bed one night and I had been laying in bed most of the day and I was just not okay. And I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't eat. I, I was not doing good. And I went to my husband and I said, I need to go to the hospital. I'm not okay. And he took me to the hospital. I could not walk. I had to army crawl across my very dirty kitchen floor because I hadn't been able to clean it because I hadn't been feeling good. So I could look at all of my failures as a house cleaner, right? right in my face. Isn't that lovely? Okay, so I get in the car. My husband drives me to the hospital, to the emergency room, and he gets a wheelchair and he wheels me in. And the guy there is asking me all those intake questions that they ask you. And he's looking at me like, oh my word, another lady with the flu who thinks she's got something bigger than that. And my husband was out parking the car. Now, I told him I needed to throw up. And at the same time I told him I needed to throw up, he had the blood pressure cuff on me and my blood pressure read. And he looked at my blood pressure and he looked at what I threw up and he said, is this what you've been throwing up? And I said, yes, it is. And I was a code blue. 
and down the hall. And he what had me on the table and he said, I give you one chance to get a vein in your arm before I stick the line in your jugular. Uh, okay, so he taps my arm and says, nope, and dumps me on my head. It was when he had me on my head that my husband walked into the room. That's what he got to walk into, the crisis nurse putting a line into my jugular. I had a bleeding ulcer. I had lost a third of my blood volume. My organs were starting to shut down. I had to have emergency surgery, two units of blood, and I was rushed into the ICU. I was told that if I had waited to come in in the morning, I would not have come in. I would have died instead. So if you think that ignoring negative emotions is a healthy way to live, it will kill you. There are more ways to die from negative emotions than positive ones, unfortunately. So the thing that you need to look at is balance. This is why emotional balance is so important. We have to have the negative and the positive and we have to process them correctly or we have big problems. Your body, and I promise you this will happen every single time, will take care of the problem if you will not take care of it first. And the way that your body chooses to take care of those emotional problems is never how you want it to. I promise you. I have seen way worse than my bleeding ulcer from people who do not want to deal with those negative emotions. So I have clients come in all the time and say, Mandy, I don't want to be in pain. Well, nobody does. If you wanted to be in pain, then I am going to worry about you. That's just not something that is a good thing to say. If you walk in and say, I love pain, I'm going, oh, great. <laughs> I've got a masochist on my hands who thinks that that's healthy. Uh, that's a problem. All right. So why is society so against us having negative emotions if it's so healthy to deal with? Because society has not gone in a healthy direction over the years. In school, and you're still going to get this from students, there is the eternal discussion about the stigma with mental illness. And you hear it and you see it all the time. It's always there. Now, people think that too much negative emotion gets us into mental illness, that if we don't have a positive attitude, then we're just encouraging mental illness. And this is not the way that you're going to fix anything. So when I said that my magic comes from allowing it, how is that magic? Well, because most people will not allow it. My daughter works at a treatment facility. Uh, I have worked at treatment facilities. I've worked with youth. I've worked with teenagers. I've worked drug treatment. I've worked everywhere you can imagine. And she had this new uh, patient come in who was very, very angry and acting out like crazy. 
And she comes to me and she says, mom, here's a problem because um, nobody likes this girl. She is already everybody's least favorite, the staff and the other patients. Now that's a problem because she hasn't even been there for a week, right? And if you're in a treatment facility and you're rooming with these people and you're living with these people and they hate you within a week, your time there is not going to be very productive. It's going to be you fighting against everybody hating you. So she asked me what to do about this. And I said, she has never been given permission to be in pain. She has always been told that that's weakness and she can't do it. Don't burden other people with your problems. And my grandma would call me up and she would complain and then she would stop and she would say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't complain. Grandma, yes, you can. It isn't the complaining that's the problem. It's what you do after you complain where our issues lie. So if I am sitting in my diagnosis of cancer and I'm feeling sorry for myself and I say, I don't want cancer, and then I sit there and I refuse to do anything that can help me not have cancer, that's the problem. Not that I don't want cancer. Who wants cancer? So am I supposed to be throwing a party? I'm so excited. I have a positive attitude. I have cancer. Yay, I'm going to beat this. Yay. Not everybody beats it. And nobody should be thrilled that they have it. So I hope you can see that as a society, we are afraid of negative emotions. But that is a very unhealthy and unbalanced way of dealing with things. We need negative feelings. If we are to be emotionally balanced, we have to have negative feelings, self-expression, personal responsibility. Those are how we are strong, not weak. Now, this emotional balance spoke, there's a lot that goes into it. And so this time we talked about negative and positive emotions, why it's important to have both, why it's important to deal with both, and why it's important to be balanced with both. We're going to get into next time emotional processing, and then there are some a few other areas that we're going to talk about in order to culminate the full circle of what is required for true emotional balance.